Welcome to my podcast. My name is Shay Fumi. I am a multimedia personality, a multifaceted creative. I combat brush fires, then build bridges. This is no judgment. On this podcast, we have a plethora of topics that ranges from love to mental health to spirituality and a little bit of pop culture where it intersects. On this show, there is a caveat though. Your prejudice will not be given the password to log into anybody's nerves. Your opinions are welcome, but your judgment isn't. So welcome to No Judgment. Hello world, welcome to another exciting episode of my podcast. My name is Shay Fumi. In case you have forgotten, we have a caveat on this podcast. Your prejudice will not be given the password to log into anybody's nerves. This is no judgment. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing the difficult and unique experiences of living as a LGBTQIA person in Nigeria. And for those who don't know the what the acronym stands for, it stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning intersex, asexual, and the plus is for every other alphabet that are associated with the LGBT community. Um, so yeah, and some people call it the alphabet mafia. So um, yeah. I think it's indeed the alphabet mafia. Anyways, I'm not doing this alone. Let's get into it. I am Owen, music enthusiast, and I love everything PR. I'm Matthew Blaze, uh, a queer organizer in Lagos. Yes, and you also have an organization now. Yes, called the Oasis Project. All right, so let's get into it. What are the common difficulties that you have encountered trying to live your truth in Nigeria? Um, okay, so I can actually divide this into um, groups. We have the, um, the political and legal section of it we have the culture and the tradition we have um capitalism and we have um all those leasings also so for the legal um the (laughs) (laughs) for for the legality we know that homosexuality and queerness generally is criminalized in Nigeria by not just the SSMP. We have um, up to nine laws that criminalizes queer people in Nigeria. So if you're thinking that it's just the SSMP, no. Uh, There are nine laws that criminalizes queer people and this makes it very, very difficult for you as a queer person to be expressive of yourself, to live your full potentials because your life is criminalized. How do you achieve this? if um, your life is criminalized. So that is very, very difficult and it's one hindrance. And also culture and tradition. There's this um, popular notion that people use against gay people, LGBTQ people, which is um, being queer is on African. And then you ask yourself, what is really African? Is it um, the homophobia that is African really or being queer itself is African so at the end of it they get to realize that uh, we are so so withdrawn from our culture that we do not know that 
what we are preaching, what we are seeing as our culture today are not really our culture. They are white culture. They are westernized culture. And what is really our culture is this queerness. Because in pre-colonial um, Africa, we had um, a lot, even though the society wasn't as accepting, but there were no laws that restricted queer people, queerness, mm. especially like just living your life. There were no laws like that. We had um, queer people, especially effeminate people, were seen as spiritual leaders. They were seen as powerful people in the society. And their sexual relation helps in building the society. And in the Igbo culture, we have the um, female husbandry where you see a woman get married a rich woman gets married to other women and they, um, they bear children for her and the children bear her name and it continues like that. So it's not like um, queerness is living in a vacuum in our society. No, no, it's always like, been there. Exactly, yeah. it's always been there. Then, But now the whole um, culture thing that people are pointing to is so, so redefined and it's not even what it is anymore. Mm. It's so, so white. It's so, so white that when you start to see, see that some people even think Christianity is our culture. Some people think Islam is our culture, whereas they are not. They are not. Yeah, these are things that we adopted. <laughs> so yeah. they are all, uh, they are all hindrances to living your full life because then you want to live and 80% of the people in your society say, no, it's not our culture. And uh, when majority is against, it's very, very difficult. And, and I, know, I know one of the common experiences is the, um, I think it would relate to the legality aspect of it, where the law, people who are law enforcers yes. try abuse their power. And once they perceive you to be queer, they actually start to harass you yeah, and sure. i've had a few cases where i'm hanging out with friends we get stopped by the police and they're checking your phones and once they see something funny yeah. or incriminating yeah, or you being yeah. effeminate they start to ask you questions that they detain you yeah. there was a time where we were stopped by police and i was supposed to be on hell on radio for my show yeah. and we had to leave my friend behind because it was being held because of you know the things he had on his phone and I just wonder, because now that you mentioned that there are a lot of ways that, you know, it's been criminalized in the country, because initially a lot of people thought that, you know, um, the 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 SSMP was pretty much about the fact that, you know, you cannot get married or, or you cannot express yourself publicly, but you can be queer. Yeah. Is, th is that true? Like, does any of the law say you cannot be queer or... It says you can be queer at your own peril. Man, it, it, the law, even if they say, no part of the law says that. No part of the law says that. It's something, I, I think they know. They know that it's something you don't have the power over. And what they are doing now is on purpose. The homophobia is on purpose. The um, gaslighting of queer people because... When uh, this law, especially the SSMPA, was to be passed, some queer activists went to the National Assembly to register their presence as queer people in this nation. 
But then again, they felt our experiences weren't um, enough. They felt uh, we weren't present. So they passed the law. They still went on to pass it. So these people, they know. They, 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 they know the limits to these things. They know that this life is not what we choose for ourselves. And the only thing they can do now is to gaslight us, make us feel we are stupid for being like that, and then find ways to erase us. That's why the laws everywhere exist. The laws are meant to erase gay people. So um, when you are punished for it today, tomorrow, you might say, you're not gay anymore, you're tired because of the trauma, because of the um, psychological effect of being in jail for just that thing. I mean, I've gone through homophobia, like I've gone through violent homophobia. And whenever I get into my room, I just start crying. I just start crying because I just imagine, why should I be treated this way? I just keep asking myself, why should I be treated this way for being gay? Why should there be a law that criminalizes my existence? Even though the law has not really punished me, like the law is punishing me, but I'm, I'm, I've not really been a victim like other people. But then again, whenever I think about it, I'm like, why does this law really exist? Why? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually crazy. There's no, like... There's no law against, um, but then when you say there's no law against being gay, really, I say, this is me ever countering myself. I would say there is because what is really, what is being gay really? Okay, liking a man, um, being sexual with a man. Um, not just sexual, being attracted in different ways to Iman. These things are all the, they are the constituents of your existence. Existence. So at the end of it, actually, even if they don't, even if there's nothing there really, your existence is Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I I have I have kind of stayed quiet and listened to everything you're saying because I I still need some understanding myself as someone who definitely practices being able to love who you love and and I I there's, there's no one on earth I feel that can tell me I cannot love the way I want to love you know what I mean um, I have been lucky enough to not go through some of the experiences you know just lucky in life enough to not go through some of the 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 kind of hate and the kind of um, um homophobia that most of uh people in the community have gone through um because i i, I have I, I i grew up and lived somewhere where you know i was able to you know express yourself yeah be yourself, yeah, be yourself and express yourself somewhat but i still feel the pain and the struggle of everyone else who who has been through that i can imagine the life because for me or now i speak to my family about everything about my sexuality i speak i can i i talk to my you know this i speak to my mom like my mom is my friend you know i've had them um, i've had that um, sub, good support system and mm. um, i've been blessed with that but some of some some people in the community have not been blessed with that just a mature yeah thing. so so i was just listening to your story and and to that story you were telling and it is touching it's very it's it's it it's felt it feels like it's a very hostile environment in nigeria towards people of 
LGBT community? It, it, it actually is, and it, it's evidence in our growing up. Yes. In um, especially, I, I like telling people that homophobia takes so much away from you. Yes, it I does. Mean, as a as a child, you know how you would you would like someone as a child, and you would want to be around them. Yes. And then, for you, you're liking a man a, a fellow boy yes and then you're not really you're not able to express this yeah because if you do it um you know you're going to get in trouble somebody's exactly, going to tell you you are strange exactly yes. exactly then they take away this innocence from you yes and make you feel like ah no you're, you're bad damaged. you're, you're, you're bad yeah yeah and yeah it, it was difficult for me to start reconnecting to children playing with children because as a gay person i was conditioned to feel like a pedophile yes and I that's very very funny yeah, it's you said that because <laughs> i don't know if i shared the experience with you where um my it was my sister that actually accused me of being a pedophile did i ever oh, tell wow. you this yes my sister i i i we, I am someone who loves kids and I love, you know, I love to take care of kids. I love yeah. to make them happy and make sure they're okay. And I was doing that for my sister and she said I was a pedophile. The difficult part is that it's not a choice because yes. who who would want to choose to be hated? I mean, who yes. want to choose to yes. go through a vigorous lifestyle that is very I know I that is very vengeful and you know people can literally kill you. Yes. And from my own experiences, because even before I got to a place where I was able to because <laughs> there's something i'm going to say now the the presence of privilege is not the absence of pain yes it's not right 100 when, when uh, a couple of myself and a few friends moved back to nigeria we were so accustomed to the fact that we had experienced liberty yes right you yes. could be yourself on the streets yes you could go you could go out yes. you could be yourself genuinely without yes. anyone looking at you with a side eye but for me i had to quickly adjust, adjust yes. because I I had memories of the fact that I'd been through exorcism. I'd spoken to several pastors, you know, had several severe experiences, but it got to a point that I had to just accept myself that, okay, this is a me thing. But even though it, it felt like I was being stifled all over again, again already, yes. you know, you'd, you'd, you'd already experienced the fact that you're yourself genuinely, mm -hmm. but now you're back to a place where, you know, everybody wants to push you into the closet. Yeah, it's almost like you have to hide, go, go yes. back into hiding. Exactly. In general, yeah. You know, and, and I'm at the age where a lot of people are now asking me, oh, when are you getting married? And I look at them like, you know, and like I, I, I just cannot do this with you right now because if should I answer you, it's going. I'm going to say something really yes. ridiculous yes. to you. The only so, people that can ask that in my life is my mother. You can, she can ask me that question, you know, forever <laughs> but no one else has the right to ask me that question uh so so homophobia seems very it, it seems inevitable but what exactly can be done to reduce or diminish homophobia in our society particularly because i would say gen z are very express expressive and yes. they do not seem to want to 
be in some sort of closet or put yes, in a box, yes. right? But then there is also the ash reality that millennials have gone through that literally, you know, literally puts experience the danger to the sites of being queer in Nigeria. So, and I'm not going to say all Gen Z are like that, but it's those ones with privilege. There's some that without yes. privilege that have experienced the harsh realities of what it is to, to be queer in Nigeria. So, but what exactly can be done to literally diminish homophobia in Nigeria? I, I feel like religion and uh, religion has a very, very huge part to play in changing the way um, LGBT people are perceived and looked at and thought about. You understand? that yeah. I feel like that's where the morality of, of everything starts. In, 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 uh, in uh, quote-unquote normal life, religion teaches that we should be kind to one another. Yeah? We should forgive one another. So if someone, if, if someone kills someone, that person even wants forgiveness for their the murder they committed because religion has said, you know what I mean? Um, I don't believe in tolerating either. Tolerating means you do not agree and you're going to get to the point where you're going to flip on me. So that I don't believe in that. But I feel like religion has a huge part to play in the sense of what kids, what people are being taught from an early age. It's in religion. It's, re, it's in religion. I first heard that being LGBT was wrong. So that same religion has to be the ones to kind of start turning things around. And then we have our government that create laws and create um, instances where people are allowed to hate. That has to change as well. And they're not even pure themselves. Exactly. But, you know, that's another topic that, anyway, <laughs> back to what I was saying, because the table will, will shake. So yeah, the government has to create a better and safer environment for these conversations to be had, for support system for people of the LGBT community to be available. Um, so yeah, I think religion has a huge part to play. The government have, has a huge part, part to play. And our parents, our parents, you can't be so used to uh, upholding your name and, and, and following the, the flock per se to the point where you are not thinking with your brain over the fact that your child just may just be, if you're going to treat these, if you're going to treat LGBT people in a funny way and not think, what if my child, my child was, how would I want people, him to be treated when I'm not here anymore? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's, it's sad. It's a very it is, large one to dissect. Yes, it's sad. It's demoralizing. I just, I just pray we'd get to a day where, you know, you, you won't feel different just because of how you love and, 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 and what you like, you know what I mean? So yeah, what do you think, uh, can help, can help change the way the LGBTQIA and all the rest of the, you know, how do you feel we can, the conversation can, can change? How do you, how do you feel things can change? Um, I think um, we have to be oriented as um, a society. Yes. And that will be by education, especially about what our real culture and our real tradition is. Yes. Because people tend to connect more with our culture and tradition 
and when they see there's this um, link between uh, their culture and something, they tend to accept it easier. So um, it's important to teach people what their real culture is, like not the whitewashed culture, yeah. but um, what everybody see as culture today. It's important to tell them that uh, in our culture, these people existed and they were all respected. So I think for me, that is very, very important. But now we also need uh, rebellious people. We need Absolutely. people to yes. rebel against the old system. Because yes. at this moment, the system is too, too fucked up that uh, even you trying to educate someone is just like wasting your time because they won't answer you. And then they want to still impose yourself themselves on you. Yeah. And at that point, you just have to push back. You just have to push back. That, that's very true. <laughs> just um, be rebellious as much as possible. We need that, absolutely. Um, there's something I wanted to ask. Before deciding to come out as a LGBTQIA person, what are some of the things one should have in place and be aware of before making that, that decision? I did not really um, have to think about things before coming out. Just like someone push out of the bus or something. And also being a femme person kind of puts you out of there. Because everybody, there's this stereotype that all femme people are gay. Which and is not true, by the way. Exactly, it's not true. And then um, they just put you out there. You start fighting while you're little. Yeah. And you grow up still fighting because people feel, um, yes, you are not what respect. You're not meant to be respected because you have uh, feminine traits in you and... They disrespect women so much. So for me as a femme person, just like I was pushed out of wherever I was staying in and I just had to build myself from there. Yeah. But um, what I would tell people at this point, uh, I don't like like, I don't like um, gatekeeping this old coming out thing. Yeah. So I tell people, whenever you want to come out, whenever you want to come out, just come out because me, I did not have to start planning, writing on paper. Um, oh, I will do this first, I will do this yeah. first, I will do this. I just There was no strategy it. to it. I yeah. just did it. And I tell people, like, I am not privileged because I'm from a very, very poor background. Very, very poor. I had to feed myself when I was little with just 15 naira. So it's not as if oh, maybe I have saved a lot somewhere and I kept it somewhere. And then I came out and mm. yeah. went to the bank to get the money. Not like that. Just like, I just had to push back. And mm. it was a process, step by step. Mm. So I think for for people, just do whatever you want to do. whatever you want to do. Just follow your mind and know that in all you're doing, there are consequences to it. Especially in a place like Nigeria. They should have there shouldn't be consequences for things like this, for yeah. something as little as coming out. There shouldn't be a price for you to pay. But then again, 
just note that this is Nigeria. And I expect people to honestly know that it won't be rosy at all. So before you try it, you think about it. Yeah. So I mean, I mean for myself, I I I I I it's two things. I I I I, I support people coming out and speaking their truth. But for myself, I I did not I I never think of coming out, staying in, or you know what I mean. Yeah. It's always been the case that if you are close enough to me in my life, then you know my personal life. I I I'd never it's it wasn't ever something I hid from all my personal friendships and relationships I had. You know what I'm trying to say. If yeah. you knew me, knew me, you know. And I'm of the notion that you know if you know what you know that's all cool uh if you do not have to know that's why you probably do not know do, do, do you understand what i'm saying yeah. so when i even spoke to my family and spoke to my mom and my siblings i didn't even see it as a coming out i just felt that i was at a point in my life where i was ready to share that part of my life with you know what i mean it wasn't even too serious it was very casual like hey this is who i am I wasn't even, I wasn't, I didn't say to get any acceptance or anything like that. I just got to the point as I do with everything else in my life. You know what I mean? And it's the people, for me, the people that matter, if they know, if they know for the right reasons, that's all really. I don't owe anybody else an explanation and that's, that's, that's my life. But with people who want, who live in Nigeria and parts of the world where uh, being your being LGBT is not a favorable thing per se. If you're going to do it, I would I would my advice would be you know uh, um, um, you know prepare for it, prepare for it mentally, prepare for the 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 stigma that's going to come your way, the hate that's going to come your way, the prejudice that's going to come your way. You know, what I mean that's more important. Preparing for preparing to handle those kind of things is more important than it that preparation for anything physical because yeah. when you prepare yourself mentally um, for what's, con- what's, what's to come when you decide to come out, you're able to handle those other things that comes with coming out more long-term, you know what I mean? So just prepare yourself mentally, do it for the right reasons, you know, t- um, take your time, think and, and, and understand what's to come. But ultimately I, I'm all for people living their lives freely um and yeah you know and, and and again there's this thing people say about um why they have to come out and then uh they said straight people don't have to come out why do they have to come out yeah um straight people don't have to come out because heterosexuality is <laughs> the default it's so normalized and they don't wait when you enter a place they just assume you're heterosexual yeah. Nobody questions it. Nobody says anything about it, really. Yeah. But then, um, for gay people, it's not like that. They feel um, they not even feel. They see queerness uh, and gay people as non-existent beings. So, entering a place, you have to proclaim yes your present yes you see i i i don't i do not encourage um lgbt people of the people in of the lgbt community to engage in such kind of comparisons or those kind of um conversations with regards oh um straight people don't need to come out i feel like it's it's ignorant and we all know already that even away from being lgbt the what the world as it is is not it's not equal playing you know, playing field, you know what I mean? It's not an equal playing field. And we have to come to these conversations 
with constructive thinking. We have to come, you know, so that so that people can take what we are saying serious. You cannot you cannot come and say, oh, why do straight people? Because I've I've heard it I've heard it before. You can come and say, why do straight people not come out? Of course, we know it's it's not an equal world. You already you already not liked for your sexual orientation, so you um you're almost making a mockery of of um of uh of you know the conversation that's supposed to really be had. Yeah. Yes. Am, I, am, I, am, I, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. yeah. So we need to we need to kind of let all that go and think of how we can best more come to come together. And so even we, I even I know some people who are not LGBT at all, but they will fuck you up if you mess with the LGBT person. I know some people, you, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? So we need to be more, we need to show that example more than even the, our allies. We, You know what I mean? We need to come together. The people of LGBT um, orientation need to come together and 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 have better conversations. I get tired of having of hearing you know the jokes and the banter and this and that and the comparison to straight people. That's why I don't use Twitter. Yeah, because because <laughs> that, it's not helpful. It's not it's not a, it's not a healthy conversation. You know. I mean, this is this is this is a broad. It's a very broad topic and yes. with with a lot to unpack. Yes. Um. But but for us to round up, I I just want to ask: How do we preserve the mental health of LGBT persons in Nigeria? That's difficult. Yeah, I would imagine. Exactly. I know because we, um, I have a, I have a mental health foundation. We both have a mental health foundation, and one of the things we've done is we've partnered with Atlanta Alliance, and to, you know, to create that space for, um, for LGBTQIA persons, for them to have accessibility to to mental health professionals for therapy and to also create support groups as well mm. for people in the LGBT communities to, you know, to share their experience, to talk about their mental health and when they need help. But we know that we're doing this, but are there other organizations or mental health, mental health um, practices that are actually inclusive? Um, okay. So um, what me, I do, I do organizing so much i just get um gay people together in a place and then we do mental health um we we talk on mental health and and sexual health so there's this thing i do i get a therapist um an actual therapist okay and um in this gathering the therapist takes charge for like two hours okay then uh, after that we other conversations and other things so we mostly bond talk about ourselves uh talk about the struggle and uh through that we're able to like um relieve ourselves ourselves. because after some of those sessions i realize i'm not kind so much anymore because I have shared this weight with other people yes. and they've shared theirs with me. So it's just like it's on a normal level and we are all carrying it together. Yes. yes. So that is what I do. And I think conversation around mental health is not really being had in Nigeria and LGBT in Nigeria. In, as, in, a, as, a, as a whole, yeah. Now talk less of the um of a marginalized community and 
you know, I, I tell people that I find it hard to assess therapy, not to assess therapy. I find it hard to get therapy as a person. I have someone, I have a therapist who is ready to do a pro bono job for me. and But I just find it hard because there's an open wound and then um, the wound is trying to heal. And you feel and like, do you feel people like... People are just putting salt on it. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, it's not yes, able to heal. Yes. Going out every day is a salt. I see people, they are being homophobic to me. Yes. Then I go inside my house again, talk to my therapist. I go outside again. And the same the, thing exactly. happens. So you feel like you're stuck in exactly. a cycle. Yeah, so yeah. it's not really working. So like, what's the need? Let me just yeah. this one. Let me just keep surviving. Let me just do it as I do it. Because this talking is not really helping. So yeah. I think a lot of people have that perception um, so yeah. so um for me i think what works for me is just this uh community therapy yes. thing yes. so just gather people together and we just give a therapist yes yeah and mm. and speaking to the right therapist <laughs> we, are, we are exited our time but we'll wrap up now yes. speaking to the right therapist also plays a huge role because i remember when you know one of the few first therapists that i met in nigeria and I was sharing my experience and the therapist was like, okay, you know what? Um, we need to, we need to um, walk through how we're going to take you from abnormal behavior. And I looked at the guy like, um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then getting a quiet therapist, a yeah. quiet therapist so is really, really I, I was like, quite. I was like, no, I'm, I didn't see the man again. I was like, yeah. you know what? No, I'm not doing this session anymore. But eventually I met my now therapist because Annie's heterosexual, but it was so inclusive open-minded it was yeah. willing to like hear my side of the story and help me explore the deep-rooted issues and at the end of the day because even though the the sexuality plays a huge role in as a as who you are right yes it, it looked beyond that to be able to dissect the other you know underlying issues yes. right to bring them up to the surface and to help you heal them yes. so um i i think one of the things we have to work towards is how to you know make sure that um mental health is is normalized in the lgbt yes. community and people are able to get access to help yes and and, 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 and sorry and therapy is not doesn't always mean you have to go see a professional find out one friend that you're very comfortable with speaking to and, yeah. and make it a habit to speak to that person whenever you're feeling down if it's a parent so you're it's one of your parents you're close to you know be, be open up or, or again go the community route where you, you gather with people of like minds and 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 share your thoughts and 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 speak and speak your mind you know don't oh, don't be afraid to and always think oh i have to go find a doctor or somebody i'm going to speak to now so you know yeah. that can put pressure on the mind of of an individual um i i want to commend yourself for you know just just going through the same going through the same thing but giving your giving your time and your energy to to help in that that I feel like God would would bless you a lot for that because anyone who's suffering themselves and has the time to help other people you're only going to get good energy back my bro like for real for real Thank sorry you. I just went a bit personal <laughs> there, but yeah yeah it, it was it was really incredible having you on the show Matthew so thank you for joining us on this episode of No Judgment my name is Shay Fumi and I'm here with my guest co-host Owen I'm Matthew please all right so remember take care of yourself and always always stay above the fray bye for now
that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do on this show, then please share with your friends, subscribe, and leave a review over on Jamit FM. That's all for now, but I'll see you in the next episode of No Judgment, hosted by me, Shea Ifumi, here on Jamit FM. No Judgment was produced by Ariola Ajayi, scripted by Shea Ifumi. This episode was edited by Larry Adeyama. This episode was mixed and mastered by Aiko Rizu. No Judgment Podcast is a production of Jamit FM. Thank you.